What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Brett McKay here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Maybe you're in a midlife slump. Maybe you're unhappy in your job and marriage. Maybe you're inactive and overweight. Maybe you've tried to change your life before, but can't seem to make the changes stick. What do you need to do to finally turn things around? My guess would say that the answer might be getting a dog. Jeff Goodrich is the author of Dude and Duder, How My Dog Saved My Life. Today on the show, Jeff shares what his life was like at age 49 before getting Duder the dog, and how Duder sparked changes that helped him lose 70 pounds, repairs relationships, and find real happiness. Along the way, we talk about advice that can apply to anyone trying to get out of the midlife slump, even if you don't own a dog. Although Jeff would say, you really should get one. After the show's over, check out our show notes at awim.is slash dog. All right. Jeff Goodrich, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brett, for having me on. So uh, you wrote a book called Dude and Duder, How My Dog Saved My Life. And in this book, you take readers through a midlife transformation that was kickstarted after your family got a Vizala. Is that how you pronounce it? Vishla. Vishla, a Vishla that you named Duder. But before we get to how Duder changed your life, let's talk about how what your life was like before you got him. Because I know there's a lot of our listeners probably are going through something that you went through at midlife. They're in their 40s, 50s, and they're feeling that slump. So what was your midlife slump like? Great question. When we first brought Duder home with us, I was 49 years old at the time, and there was a lot of things going on in my life. Physically, I was overweight. I was lazy. I did not feel healthy. I just plain had a hard time rolling out of bed every day. Mentally, I was basically depressed, did not have a whole lot of hope for the future at all. You know, we always try to put on that good face, but under the covers, I was just coasting along and and it felt like I was just trying to get to the end of the day. How do I do this? My relationship, I've been married for a very long time and I refer to my wife as the blonde and my, my marriage to the blonde was very, very rocky. And I had learned later on that she was actually putting some plans in place to divorce me. The two of us, you know, we were married at 18 years old. So we've been married a long time. So things were just plain not good. I was just coasting along in life and just feeling crappy about life. Was there a moment that you, you know, a specific moment you realized you weren't happy with where life was going for you. So it's one of those things, midlife is like aging is hard because it's it's so subtle and gradual 
that you don't really notice until and there's always some moment you're like, oh boy, like so things aren't good. Was there a moment for you? Well, there there was a yeah, there was a very specific moment, but up until that time, I mean, I had spent 15, maybe even 16 years living my life in this state. And I had during that time, I had a lot of moments of, oh, okay, I need to do something different. I need to lose some weight. I think I even went and joined a gym a couple of times and I made promises to the blonde. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do this different and made some promises to myself. So I had a lot of, of moments like that. But then I turned 50 and that moment really, really triggered some stuff. And everyone's been there that, you know, you turn 30, it's a, it's a trigger. You turn 40, you turn 50. And that really, really was a triggering moment, was just that 50. And then looking back on my life, and it really brought up all this ideas of the regrets in life and, and all of that. So that was a, a very triggering moment. And then uh, you also talk about in the book, I mean, one of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome is in the 15 years leading up to turning 50, you had those moments where like, oh man, I need to lose weight or, oh man, my relationship needs to be better. I need to invest more in that. And then you try and make those attempts and then you'd backslide. And you talk about how you developed a sort of learned helplessness. You, you became hopeless. That was like the biggest thing that you just felt hopeless, like it's too late for me to change. And I think a lot of men at that age can recognize that as well. Or, or familiar with that and can relate. Absolutely. I had these moments of, okay, I need to do something different, but nothing ever stuck. I couldn't, I didn't have the discipline. I didn't, for whatever reason, and there's many, many reasons why that is. Uh, some of it might be that I was just eating unhealthy, and so my brain and body just were not operating efficiently. But looking back in hindsight, what in the past, I didn't really understand why I should do this. I just had this idea, oh, I need to lose weight, but I didn't have and fully develop my why. Why should I do this? What's my reason? And so this next time around when I hit 50, that really became important. Figure that out and refer to it daily. Why am I doing this? And that helped keep me going. Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest challenges of midlife is figuring out your why. Or this reminds this is like a city slickers, right? Have you seen that city slickers? Movie? Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, where the guy he talks about you got to find your one thing, your one thing. Because I think when you're young, you're in your your twenties. There's always a goal there for you that's already set in place. Well, I got to go to college so I can get the job, and then I got to get the job so I can have a family, and I got to work hard so we can buy a house. And then you reach midlife, and those predetermined goals aren't there for you, and so you have to figure out, well, why am I going to do this stuff now? And that's that's hard. And so when I hit 50, you know, you start looking back, you start having regrets and you look back at your life. And I realized that I was living my life according to what everyone else was telling me how I should live it right. from what I was watching on TV, family, the news, social media, all of this. That's how I'm supposed to live my life. So at some point along in the process here, I switched that to, I need to find my own why and live my own life. This is mine. I'm going to live it according to what I want to do. That was critical too. And this is where Deuter comes in. So you were 49 when you got Deuter, correct? Yep. Did your family have dogs before? Before Were you a, a dog family? 
Growing up, when I was a kid, we did not have any dogs. So I did not have dogs when I was a kid. Early on in our marriage, we had a couple of dogs just for like two or three years. We had a boxer and then we had a, a sheltered dog in our house for maybe less than a year. But that was it. So we were not necessarily anti-dog. We just never grew up with dogs. So, so what prompted you to get a dog? It might have been like the kids were out of the house. Maybe I'm feeling lonely. It's just my wife and I here in this house. It's pretty empty. Maybe we need something else. Maybe we need another kid. That's kind of what it felt like. And talked my wife into it. And she, you know, she agreed as long as I was the one that took care of him and cleaned up the poop and did all of that. But she agreed to it. So that's kind of how it started. And why did you settle on the breed that you picked? We specifically found a litter and I wanted to get a Vishla. And Vishlas are bred as hunting dogs. So they're kind of a bird dog. But there is a specific story of why I got a Vishla, why we wanted this breed. Part of my background in my life is I've had a history of, of seizures and I've never been able to figure out what the cause of that was. And I remember one particular time many years ago, we went over to a friend's house and they had a Vishla and his name was Bear. And I remember walking in the door one day and this dog would not leave me alone. He was all over me, sniffing me. I went and sat down. He went over and sat down next to me. I got up to go to the bathroom. He would follow me everywhere. He, he was just obsessed with me for some reason. And it turned out that I was feeling some of these seizures coming on. And somehow this dog was able to sense that. And I got up at one point and went into the bathroom at my friend's house and had a seizure. And this dog, Bear, started barking and clawing at the door because he knew something was wrong. And so that my friends were able to come get me out of the bathroom and take care of the situation. And I do remember thinking that, okay, if I ever did get a dog in my life, I wanted to get a Vishla because this Vishla saved my life. Are Vishlas known for being able to recognize seizures in, in individuals? I think they are. There's actually a lot of different dogs that that are called seizure dogs, and they are specifically trained. And they can sense. I don't think we really know exactly how they do it. It's either through maybe a scent that people that are having seizures uh, have, so they can smell them or they can notice them. But they can be trained to do things like if someone has a seizure coming on, purposely climb under them. So if they fall down, they land on the dog instead. They can be trained to go push the button to uh, alert emergency. And so they can be trained as seizure dogs. Have you had problems with seizures in a while or is it, have they gone away? It's been a while. Every once in a while, I'll feel some remnants of it. But as far as like having a full grand mal seizure, it's been many years since I've had one. It feels like I've kind of outgrown them. And specifically in the last five years, since I've really changed things like my diet and my exercise, I think that played a huge role in that as well. Yeah. So the Vishla, if it's a really handsome, beautiful dog. I mean, it looks like a bird dog. Are they energetic? Do they require a lot of exercise? Oh, yes, absolutely. He is, he's crazy energetic. I have taken him on some 
seriously long runs and a couple of backpacking trips where we climbed up to King's Peak, which is the highest peak in Utah. And he went all the way to the top with me. And that's a 25 to 30 mile backpacking trip. And he does great. They are very, very active dogs. In fact, they even list them as like third or fourth fastest dogs in the world. So they're pretty fast as well. So let's talk about how Duder, you got Duder when you're 49. He started to subtly kickstart your midlife transformation. What happened when you first got him where you started making steps unintentionally to start making changes in your life? So here's how I like to tell the story. We bring Duder into my life. And of course, what do you do? You take your dog for a walk. So I remember one day taking Duder out for a walk, putting the leash on him, and we went out for this walk, just the first time that, that we had him. And I like to tell the story that, oh, I'm out on this walk, and I had this grand vision of what my life should be, and oh, I'm going to change this, and oh, I'm going to improve my relationship, and oh, I'm going to lose weight, and, and all of this. But that's just not the way things happen. I think what happened was Duder went over to the next door neighbor and, and took a crap in his yard. And so I had to go clean up his poop and then we come back. But what did happen, Brett, was that the next day we did it again. And then the next day we did it again. So this subtle thing of a new habit being part of my life, just going for this daily walk was key. And I wouldn't take the phone with me. It was just Duder and I going out for a walk, something different. And during this time is where I was able to really spend a lot of time with myself. Then I hit 50. Then I started looking at my regrets in life and started to really evaluate my life and where I was. But these moments do not happen when you're sitting on the couch watching TV. So it was key that we were outside physically moving doing a daily walk. That's truly how it started right there. And it continues to this day. Yeah, that idea, there's an idea from, it goes back to like ancient Rome, solvitar ambulando, which is Latin for, it is solved by walking. A lot of problems can get solved by walking. In fact, a lot of philosophers, Nietzsche, Aristotle, I mean, Aristotle's school was, they were called peripatetics, like because they walked around everywhere discussing philosophy. Henry David Thoreau, they just, they'd walk. And as you're walking, something about it, it does, it changes your thinking. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. So a couple things are going on. You're going on the walk because of Duder. He needs to go on a walk. So you have to go on a walk. You're getting physically active. And during that time, there's a transformation going on inside your head because you're thinking through a lot of issues. Absolutely. And this is going on for about a year. So from 50 to 51 is when we're really doing these daily walks. And there's three key things. In hindsight is great. Looking back, three very key things happened. One was awareness. I truly became aware of where my life was. It was not where I wanted it to be. Exploring my regrets. What was my environment like? What was I living my daily life like? What was my relationship with my kids, with the blonde, with my grandkids? So just being aware that things were not what I wanted them to be and they were not good. So the second thing I remember uh, at some point along the way, making a choice that I needed to do something different. At the time, I did not know what to do, not a clue. But making that choice 
and talking to Duder about this, saying, okay, Duder, we're going to do something different. And I made that conscious choice. And then I really started to explore my why. Why do I want to do this? Why do I need to change my life? So those three things were very critical. And this happened over about a year from 50 to 51 of going for these daily walks. Well, I think that's interesting because I think a lot of guys, when they experience that midlife, you can call it crisis, like they recognize they're in a midlife funk, they expect the change to happen right away. And I think that's some very male, you know, you want to solve the problem and we want to solve it now. But something like this of like, what's my why and what am I supposed to do now that I've raised my kids and they're out of the house and I'm getting towards the end of my career. You can't solve that in a week. It's going to take a year, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes it might take more than a year. Right. And I just continue to think about it as one step at a time. It right. truly is one step at a time. Well, you talk about, you would actually talk to Duder on these walks. Did you ever feel like, man, if someone saw me talking to a dog, they're gonna think I'm a weirdo? Or did, did you just like lose all self-consciousness when you're out there taking a walk with your dog? No, I didn't care who was around or anything. It was just Duder and I, just a guy and his dog out walking. And I would absolutely talk to him. And there's a benefit to, instead of talking to yourself just in your head, verbally speak those words out loud. Get them out of your head. And I would talk to Duder. I would talk about how what I was feeling, what was going on that day. I would ask him, Duder, what would you do about this? Okay, Duder, I'm thinking about doing this thing. What do you think about that? And I would have these conversations with him. And Oh, man, he's a great listener. He was awesome. Yeah, you talk about how Duder, you know, you attribute him to helping you break out of the negative self-talk. That was like a, a habit you slipped into in midlife. I think a lot of guys slip into that. So, well, I'm, I'm good for nothing. I haven't reached all the goals I wanted. I'm already 45. There's no way I can change. And you talk about talking to Duder helped you get rid of that negative self-talk. It did. Absolutely did. And then that translated over into, okay, I'm having these conversations with Duder. I should probably have some of these same conversations with my wife. I should probably have some of these same conversations with my kids. And that opened their eyes a little bit that, hey, wait a minute. Uh, Jeff is changing a little bit. I've never had this kind of a conversation with him before. So that they were watching me start to change my mindset. My mindset was changing here. I was thinking about things a little bit differently. And during that year, it really started to get me into a do phase. Okay, what can I start doing now? And there were a couple of things that, that really impacted this. The first one was I canceled my TV subscription. I mean, I had direct TV. I was watching sports every night. I was watching all kinds of stuff. And that was just the norm. Sit on a couch and watch TV every night. I canceled the TV subscription. And I just realized that there's not a whole lot of value in TV for me. Then I changed my inputs. So instead of watching TV, I started reading books. I started listening to podcasts. I discovered this cool podcast early on in my journey called The Art of Manliness, and I started listening to it, and there was some great content on there, and I subscribed, Brett, to your daily uh, email newsletter, so your content still comes into my life on a daily basis. It's part of my inputs. Well, thank you so, so much. That, that, means, that means a that, lot. That idea of changing your inputs and bringing new things in here, then just slowly started to impact other things like what am I eating? 
what am I thinking about on a daily basis? What's my sleep patterns? When should I wake up? I was essentially looking at ways to change my lifestyle. And so when I started just changing some of these lifestyle aspects, as a side effect, I lost 70 pounds. I was feeling better. My view of the world changed. And it's it's almost like just, I didn't go into this to lose weight. I went into this to change my life and my lifestyle. And as a result, as a side effect, yeah, you're eating better. You're doing more. You're thinking better. And so as a side effect, I lost 70 pounds. I think there's a lot of that. You can see that sort of thing in a lot of life. Sometimes we set a goal to do X and we do things to do X, right? We, I want to do this thing to be happy. But doing those things actually doesn't make you happy because you actually become miserable because you're so focused on the task. It's like, if I, if I don't do this thing right, then I'm not going to be happy. And that makes you unhappy. And what philosophers and psychologists have found is that you can't will yourself to be happy. You, happiness is a side effect of doing good things. And it looks like that's what you discovered. Absolutely. Happiness is a, a, an interesting topic there. I think part of my happiness is just, just peacefulness. I can now look in the mirror and like who I see. Whereas in the past, when I looked in the mirror, I did not like that guy I was looking at. And that gives me some peace of mind, which then feels like happiness. We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up. And if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. And I went on Fast Growing Trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for. Turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try Fast Growing Trees, right now they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code MANLINESS at checkout. 
That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code MANLINESS at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code MANLINESS, offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, so one of the first things I did, I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. And now back to the show. So you started with Duder taking the walks at age 50. For about a year, there's a lot of introspection, talking to Duder sort of figuring things out what you want to do next. And then you started taking action. And one of those things you started doing besides changing your lifestyle, like sleeping better, changing your inputs, things like that, you actually started running. And not only like recreational, like 5K, you started doing marathons. So how did Duder help you get into running? Well, a couple of ways. I'm going to back up a little bit. As, as I was going through this, changing my lifestyle, talking to Duder, I began looking for lessons, life lessons, I call them. Let's, let's look for things. So I was watching Duder's behaviors and learning things from them. And there's a couple of lessons that I learned. One of them was that I would take Duder out for a walk and we would actually hop in the truck and we'd head over to a trail. So we started going out on the trails. And when we'd start hiking, I would have to have him on a leash at some point, there was, you know, nobody around, so I would take him off the leash. And I'd unhook the leash, and Duder would just take off running as fast as he could go. And it was fun to watch. And then I would just observe that, and I got thinking to myself, okay, 50 years, what are the leashes I had on myself? What's holding me back from doing some of these things that I wanted to do? 
And I really started to explore that. You have 50 years of people telling you what you cannot do, 50 years of TV telling you what you cannot do. And these felt like these leashes. So I started to take, take them off in my mind. Okay, what can I do? Then I remember distinctly one day we we're out for a hike and I just started running. For whatever reason, I don't even know why. I just started running. I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm I'm walking. I've kind of mastered this walking thing. I've lost a lot of my weight. My lifestyle's changed here. Let's just run a little bit. And I remember running for maybe 100, 200 yards before I ran out of breath. That's how it started. Just that 200-yard run. And it it kind of planted this seed in me that, okay, this is kind of cool. Well, how how far can I go with this? But the walking and the daily walk, which now turned into daily runs, just became so symbolic for me of everything else that I wanted to do. So I'm thinking, okay, if I can run 200 yards, then can I run a mile? And I remember running two miles. That was one of the hardest things I did was to run two miles without stopping. But it felt good that I was accomplishing things. And then it opened my mind up. Well, what else can I do? Maybe I could write a book. You know, that's kind of how the book got started. <laughs> If you would have talked to, Brett, if you would have talked to 49-year-old me and said, hey, uh, in five years, you're going to publish a book, you're going to run marathons, and you're going to be on podcasts, you know, that 49-year-old would have said, what are you talking about? There's no way that's going to happen. So that's how the running started. And then it became so symbolic. I signed up for a half marathon and I ran a half marathon and I signed up for another one and I just kept running these half marathons. And then I get thinking, okay, what else can I do? And so then I said, well, maybe I could run a marathon. So I signed up for a marathon and I've run, you know, six or seven marathons so far. And well, okay, I've done that. What else can I do? So I've signed up for a couple of ultra marathons. I've done a 55K and a 60K, and these are both trail races. And actually in eight days, Brett, I am running a 50 miler, 50 mile trail race with about 11,000 feet of vertical climb. That's oh, coming geez. up in eight days. So that's how my running journey started. And it started with that 100, 100 yards. And now I'm doing a 50-mile trail race. 50 miles. Okay, that's in just, you started this when you were 51. And how old are you now? I am 55. 50, so in four years. Yep. That's not that long, like in the grand scheme of things. If you think about it, because I think sometimes when we think about change, we think, oh man, a year is so long. I need change now. But I mean, you, you've done a lot in that four years when you decided I'm going to start making my life better. Well, thanks. It, it feels like that. And I also feel like I'm just getting started. It's almost like, okay, the first 50 years of my life was just a test. It was a little trial, but here I am now, a new person feeling very different about life, very hopeful. How far can I go with this? And I'm just going to keep going. I am just cruising right now. That's what it feels like. So you mentioned that Duder pretty much helped save your marriage because before you got him, your wife was thinking about divorcing you. What changed in your marriage after you got Duder? Well, one was just awareness, right? So it starts with that awareness. And that was one of the things that when you start thinking about your regrets, your regrets with your wife or your partner can be very traumatic. And they were for me. I had a lot of regrets of how I 
treated her and some of the things in my past and all of that. So just being aware that of, okay, what's going on here? One of the first podcasts, I think the very first episode of a podcast that I listened to, I, I didn't even know what a podcast was before all this started, was Jocko Willink. And then I ended up reading his book, Extreme Ownership. And it really hammered it home to me, this idea of self-ownership. So when I started looking at my relationship with the blonde, I really had to focus on my role. What am I doing? What should I be doing? How should I do things differently to make this relationship better? So I had to own my side of it. And just walking with Duder and talking to Duder about this just became very beneficial for me so that then I could come back and have those conversations with the blonde as well. One thing I've seen or I've heard other podcast guests talk about when it comes to relationships one thing that a lot of, I'm not, I can't, you have to speak in generalities here, but what a lot of women are looking for in their husband, they don't necessarily care that, you know, that he, if he's a millionaire or he's got six pack abs or whatever, they just want to see their husband have some sort of ambition or drive to, to do something right. And, and not wallow in the self-pity and I can't change. Like that's not attractive. Women are looking for a guy who's hopeful. And hey, we're going to make the best of what we got here. And it sounds like Duder, Duder helped you do that. Oh, absolutely. And it was subtle, but she started to see the changes in me, in the way that I would talk to her, in my actions, having heart-to-heart conversations with her about what I was feeling that day and what my dreams were and here's what I'm aspiring to do. And that really helped her. And so she at some point decided not to divorce me because she was ready to divorce me because I was that guy you just described, Brett, with no no dreams, just sitting on a couch every night. So, yeah. How did Duder help you become a better dad? Well, the, the, the same kind of a thing is that I had regrets about my kids. They were all out of the house. And looking back when you're 50... What kind of a dad was I? Did I teach them everything that they needed to know? Was I a good example for them? All of those regrets were top of mind. So at the same time, when I made the choice to repair and work on the relationship with my wife, I wanted to work on the relationship with my kids. And there was a couple of things that really hit home with me is this idea of what is my legacy? What is my legacy going to be with my kids? How do I want my kids to remember me? That was very powerful for me. And there's always two ways to maybe react to that feeling. One might be, okay, well, I'm going to go have conversations with my kids and I'm going to tell them what life should be and they're going to learn from me. But what I realized is what they're going to remember from me most is not what I say. They're going to remember what I do. So I want my kids to see me changing my life, losing weight, getting off of the couch, running marathons, and incorporating all of these ideas in my head. And I'm hoping that that's going to be my legacy with my kids. They're seeing me do these things, and hopefully it's inspiring them. So the legacy part of it was very, very powerful. Well, and it sounds like that's already happening. You talk about one of your daughters started running because of you. She did. She's run 
uh, several half marathons. She completed actually in the Mar- the Marine Corps marathon. She set a goal in her life to run 50 half marathons in all 50 states. So I've had an impact just by her watching me change my life and start doing these things. And she's, you know, trying to do some things in her life as well. So that means a lot to me. That that goes a long way. And then also my kids, I also want, I have four grandkids. How do I want my grandkids to remember me? And a lot of them are still young little kids, but I want them to have a memory of, of grandpa doing things. That's, that's what I want my legacy to be. Yeah. Not the old grandpa who's just sits on the couch, not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was there a moment in this transformation? So we're four years into this transformation. Was there a moment when you realized like I I've changed because again, the, the changes it's subtle, it, it's gradual. And everyone has that moment where you realize, man, I'm different. Was there a specific moment in this four years where you realize that I've gotten out of this slump? There's, there's probably a couple. One is the, the physical side of it. After I lost 70 pounds, that was a moment. Okay, I have changed myself. I look very different. I feel very different. So that was a moment of, yes, I, I have made a transformation. But even more important than that was just what was going on in my head. I had a very different view of the world. And maybe I can tell another story from the book. At one point, Duder and I are out walking on a trail and this trail had a bunch of grass along it, some trees. And I realized that I'm standing way up here walking and Duder's way down here on the trail. And I literally got down on the trail and started crawling because I wanted to see what the trail looked like from Duder's perspective. And it was very different down there. And what I realized and the lesson from that is that what was my view of the world? When I looked at life in general, when I looked at the people around me, when I looked at what my job was, what was my perspective? Was it one of just pure negative or was it one of positive? So I really had to change my view of things. And so there was a moment where a typical event would happen in my life. And in the past, I would react very negatively, get angry. And I realized that that didn't happen to me anymore. The same event could happen to me and and I could just kind of smile and shrug it off. It wouldn't affect me the same. So that was another one of those moments that, okay, I kind of have gone through a transformation. My mind is thinking differently. Do you sometimes struggle with sliding back into old habits and mindsets? Or does Duder help keep you on track? <laughs> I don't think you ever reach a point where you have transformed and everything's good and you don't have to work at it anymore. Old habits, old mindsets, yeah, they're always there and they try to creep back. So my book is called Dude and Duder. So the new guy is dude. Dude's the guy that's doing all of this work. And the old guy is this guy named Jeff. And so sometimes Jeff tries to creep back in there. Typically it's when something stressful happens and there's some anxiety going on and then the old habits just kind of come back in. You want to get back into your comfort zone. I, I, I don't even like to talk about it as a struggle to keep going. It's just a daily challenge. And I've embraced this idea of every day should be a challenge. Challenge is what keeps me going. That's why I go for a run every day because it's challenging and I love to do it. And I, I've 
kind of developed this growth mindset of continually challenging myself daily to continue to learn, grow, and change. I'm never going to reach an end of this transformation. I don't think there's a stopping point. You have to, you know, life is about the journey, the, the old adage there. It truly is. And I've embraced that. I see the end of a race all the time and I cross the finish line, but I'm not done because there's always another race. Let's say there's a guy listening to this. He's in midlife. He's thought about getting a dog every time, you know, he'll see a family with a dog. He's like, that would be nice. But then he's like, well, I don't want to do that. Uh, What would you tell this guy? Get one. Absolutely get a dog. (laughs) Brett, do you have any dogs? I don't have a dog. And our kids have been bugging us to get one, but I we haven't pulled the trigger on it. Well, the, well I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, no, you, this it makes me every time I read when I read your book and I, was, I saw pictures of duders like that'd be really nice to get a dog. I'm really allergic to dogs. I actually got really close to pulling the trigger on it a few Christmases ago, and I said, let me because whenever I'm around certain breeds of dogs, I get really sneezy, eyes red, watery. So I got an allergy test, and I was like really allergic to dogs. So. I'm still open to it. (laughs) Even though you're allergic. Even though I'm allergic. Well, that's good. But yes, I would recommend getting a dog. And if for nothing else, take them for a daily walk. Get yourself out there and go for a walk. So I specifically got a Vishla and I described that story, why we did that. And so there are different trends and different breeds out there. And you can research which type of breed would be best for, for you, where you live and so forth. One of my daughters has two dogs and they're both shelter dogs. So I would also can have you, have you look at, at shelter dogs. There are a lot of dogs out there that do not have homes and they're looking for homes. And these are typically mutts, not, not pure breeds, but man, they still can make good dogs. So yes, Get a dog. Get a dog. Everyone should have a dog. And it, it could help you make that midlife transformation like Duder did for you. Absolutely could. Well, Jeff, this has been a great conversation. Where can people go to learn more about your book and more importantly, Duder? I'm out on social media and probably the best way to find us is at our website, dudeanddeuter.com. And we have a, a Duder's Challenge weekly email. So if you want to sign up for Duder's Challenge, he'll send you a a weekly email with a challenge of what you can do that week. I love it. And then follow us on social media. Yep. Dude and Duder. Yeah. When you sent me the book, uh, you had Duder's paw print in there, which I appreciate. So glad he's there. (laughs) He's a star. He's a social media celebrity. You guys got quite a following and he's pretty dapper. You got a picture of him like in a bow tie. So it's a great. He's a great companion. He's my buddy. Fantastic. Well, Jeff Goodrich, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Brett. My guest today was Jeff Goodrich. He's the author of the book, Dude and Duder. It's available on amazon.com. You can find more information about his work at his website, dudeanddeuter.com. Also check out our show notes at aom.is slash dog. We find links to resources. We delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the AOM podcast. Make sure to check out our website at artofmanliness.com where you find our podcast archives, as well as thousands of articles that we've written over the years about pretty much anything you think of. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps out a lot. And if you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think we get something out of it. And while I got you here, make sure to check out our online program, The Strenuous Life at strenuouslife.co. The Strenuous Life is an online program that we developed to help you put into action 
all the things we've written about on artofmanliness.com and talked about on the podcast for the past 15 years. We've done that in a few ways. First, we created a badge system based around 50 different skills. There's hard skills like wilderness survival, soft skills like public speaking. And these badges are designed to help you put into action the things that you've always wanted to do and have more firsthand experiences, increase your competence, confidence, and enjoyment in life. So we get the badges. We also provide weekly challenges. We call them agons. It's a Greek or challenger competition. The agons are designed to push you out of your comfort zone. Each agon is going to encourage you to break out of your routine and do something a little different from what you usually do. And along the way, you'll hopefully pick up some new habits, learn new skills, and further your development in body, mind, and spirit. We also provide check-ins for physical activity. Got to get 60 minutes of physical activity each day. Doesn't matter what it is. Could be a ruck, could be a body weight workout, could be a barbell training session. We just want you to move your body strenuously 60 minutes a day. And then we also provide check-ins for doing a good deed. Because we want the whole purpose of the strenuous life and increasing our competence and getting stronger is so we can be useful and serve the wider world. And the strenuous life has geographic groups all across the world. People are getting together in person, doing the strenuous life together. They're working on badges. They're doing meetups. So check it out. Our next enrollment for the strenuous life is going to be in January, 2024. So go to strenuouslife.co. We have an email waiting list. If you put your email on that list, you'll be one of the first to know when enrollment opens up this January. I hope to see you there. Check it out, strenuouslife.co. And until next time, this is Brett McKay reminding you to not only listen to the A1 podcast, but put what you've heard into action. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.